victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood atoning, and I repented of my sin and won the victory. followed him and behold there came a leper and worshiped him saying lord if thou wilt thou canst make me clean and jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying i will be thou clean and immediately his leprosy was cleansed and jesus said unto him see thou tell no man but go thy way show thyself to the priest and offer the gift that moses commanded for a testimony unto them amen amen we have a merciful Savior, don't we? All right, praise the Lord. All right, return with me now, if you will, to Matthew chapter 8. Brother Gene read for us the first four verses. I realize that we are uh, familiar with this account. But I want to take a little look at it this morning. I want us to see 
the resemblance or the likeness of this leper that Jesus healed by touching him to the natural condition that mankind is in and has the exact same need that this leper had. This leper needed to be touched by one with power to save. You and I were and are no different than the leper here. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. So this wasn't just a small group of people that the Lord did this miracle in front of, in the presence of, but it was a multitude, a great multitude. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him. He worshipped him. He had heard about him. He had heard about the Lord Jesus. He had heard that he was the Messiah talked about and prophesied of in the Old Testament. He had heard that he can touch and heal. He had heard that he has power on earth even as he has in heaven. And he came to him. He waited for him. He worshipped him. Saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And the Lord said, I will. Be thou clean. What kind of condition was this man in? Well, he was a leper. What is this leprosy? Well, it's called different things. It's been called something, uh, Hansen's disease. I think some have called it. But what it is, it is a deterioration of the flesh, the meat of your body. It deteriorates. What do I mean by that? It rots. It rots. We've all walked along the beach or, or the river or the lake somewhere and came across a fish that's been laid out on the bank for a day or two. And what's happening to that fish? It's deteriorating, isn't it? It's rotting, isn't it? It stinks, doesn't it? Absolutely. In a very uh, relevant way, this leprosy represents the sinfulness that you and I inherited from Adam. This sinfulness is corruption. It causes our lives to deteriorate because of the sin that's in our hearts. What is it? And all of the preaching all over the world, there's all kind of different preaching. We've heard about some of it this morning. That doesn't honor God as who He truly is. What's missing in these uh, sermons? What's missing in these people's lives what is it it's not there well i want to tell you this morning that what's not there is the recognition of who and how they are they don't recognize themselves as sinners with the inability the bible tells me that we cannot please god in and of ourselves but they don't recognize that see they don't realize that they're in that state of deterioration but rather they'd see themselves 
lift it up. They see themselves as gods. They can make their own decisions. They can decide what's right and wrong for them and or their family. They don't recognize that they're in the same condition that this leper was in. Now, we can look. Let's do. Let's go to Leviticus in the 13th chapter. Let's just do take a look at some of the ways that they dealt with leprosy in the Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 13. There were particular laws that Moses gave. Of course, God gave them to Moses to give to the people about leprosy, how they would deal with them. In the first verse of chapter 13, the book of Leviticus, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, and said, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab or a bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest, or unto one of his sons the priest. The priest shall look on the plague in the skin of the flesh, and when the hair is in the plague turned white, and the plague is sight, in sight be deeper than the skin of the flesh, it is a plague of leprosy, and the priest shall look on him and pronounce him unclean. Now there's a lot here, and we're not going to go all over all of this. But I do want us to see that there were certain ways that the priest handled this person, this outcast, that nobody wanted to be around. You remember the fish you walked by on the beach? You walked around it, didn't you? Especially if you were downwind. Why? Because it was rotten and it stunk. The priest was to isolate this person seven days at a time. And this is worth reading. I know Leviticus is one that we tend to jump around. Uh, but it's worth reading, especially if you recognize that you're a sinner saved by grace. And there are a lot of gold nuggets here. Flip over now to verse 44. All of this has been about how they are to handle this unclean person. He is a leprous man. He is unclean. The, pra- the priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. Utterly unclean, pronounced utterly unclean. More than just skin deep. We're aging, aren't we? And the older we get, it seems like the faster we're aging. Like it goes by faster every year, doesn't it? Wow. Every week. Oh, it's Sunday morning already. Praise the Lord. That is a result of the condition that we are in. That is, we are sinners. A lot of people do not realize their condition before God. And so it's easy for them to exalt themselves because they don't realize that they stink before a holy and righteous God. They don't realize that in their natural condition, they have no connection to God. Much less are they going to tell God what's right or wrong or what to do and what not to do. Of course not. We're as worms in the dirt to an almighty creator of all things. Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. That's every single one. One exception. And there was no man involved in his birth. And that's Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. We've been pronounced utterly unclean. It's more than skin deep. People don't recognize that. It's in the heart. The heart of man is desperately wicked, the Bible tells us. Who can know it? God knows it. God knows it. And praise the Lord, when He saves us, He causes us to realize that we are utterly clean, unclean, pronounced utterly unclean. Why? Because our sin is more than what meets the eye. Our sin is deeper than skin deep. You see, it's in the heart. And the Lord doesn't change the heart. You have no ability to connect with Him. You have no power to connect with God. Because He holds all power in heaven and in earth. He is in control of every single thing. Praise God when He saves us, when He touches us. He shows us ourselves. Oh, but then He touches us with Himself. And He shows us Himself. The one with all power to save, to change, to quicken, to make alive. All right, back to Matthew chapter 8. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. This is Matthew 8, 3. He put forth his hand and he touched him. He reached out to this sinner, didn't he? He reached out to this one whose life was deteriorating because of this disease that he had. Praise God, he reached out to me. And he reached out to you. He had to for us to live. He had to reach out to us. Why? Because we were fallen in our trespasses and sins. All have fallen short of the glory of God. We have no right to think that we can make up our own rules of life. We are His creation. We need to recognize that He is the Creator of all things, including us. Oh, Jesus put forth His hand and He said, I will. I will. Be thou clean. Every human being has the responsibility to cry out to God. 
<clears throat> Every person has a responsibility to come to God, to seek Him, to recognize Him. Look around at any part of nature. Anything. Pick a bug. Look at the bug's life. Look at how he's designed. How he lives. His purpose in life. None of that can happen from a big boom. Really? Of course not. It's plumb silly to think of it, isn't it? We have a great creator. He is in charge of his creation. His plan for his creation cannot be changed or thwarted by anybody, whether they think they can exalt themselves above God or not. They cannot. Their attempt to do so is as silly as the Big Bang Theory. It really is. You know, God has to laugh at some of man's theatrics some of man's thoughts of his own abilities. Let me tell you, the Bible doesn't pull any punches when it comes to who we are and who God is. We are sinners saved by His grace. Adam and Eve sinned against God. God drove them out from the garden. He cursed the ground because of Adam's sin. Because of Adam, He cursed the ground. Later on, in Genesis 6, the Lord limited how many years a man was going to live, didn't he? He did. It was only the thoughts of, of man's thoughts were only evil continually, you remember, in Genesis 6. And because of it, the Lord destroyed every one of them except for Noah's family. Let me tell you that there is mighty power in the touch of Jesus Christ. When he touched this leper, how long did it take for the leper to be cleansed? Well, we just read it. Immediately. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Oh, the words of his mouth are so powerful. He spoke everything on this earth that you see into existence and even more that you don't see that regulates and controls all of nature god spoke it all into existence from the power of his word he is a powerful god immediately let me tell you when god shows you yourself and shows you your you your need of him he touches you. That's a song. I used to love that song. He touched me. <clears throat> you know it when God touches you because immediately you recognize that He's changed your heart. You recognize that you are His and you can depend on His promises. When Jesus touched him, we see the grace and goodness of God displayed. When he touched me and he touched you and he saved our souls, 
we see the unmerited favor of God just by the word of his mouth. Verse 4 says, And Jesus said unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for testimony unto them. You may say, well, why not let everybody know? Why, why keep it to yourself? I mean, there's only however many thousand people were there that saw it. But you see, the Old Testament ceremonies had not yet been done away with. The Lord had not yet hung on the cross and shed his blood for the remission of sins. So he tells him first, See thou tell no man, verse 4, Go thy way, show thyself to the priest. At that point in time, they still had to go by what we read and a lot that we didn't read in the 13th chapter of Leviticus. He had to show himself to the priest and be declared by the priest clean. Because he'd already been declared unclean. And he was in that category and offered the gift that Moses commanded. And we didn't read that, but there were some doves involved in that. And uh, one was killed, one was dipped and let go. It, it's worth reading that uh, in the 13th chapter of Levit Leviticus. But that gift for life was represented in these doves, and that's what he went and did. He went and saw the priest, and these were the uh, sacraments that the priest had to go through for him in order for him to be declared clean. Well, I want us to realize that it's that gift of life that reached out and touched him. Amen. Jesus is the gift of life. That dove that was slaughtered and that blood that the other one was dipped in, it represented him. It represented him. But he had not yet given his life on the cross. Did Jesus go by the law himself? Absolutely. Absolutely. He self-declared as him being the way, the truth, and the life. New Testament, we're told that he is the word. Yes, he knew the law. Yes, he went by it. And yes, when he hung on the cross, he put all that behind. Why? Because he fulfilled what all of it pointed to. And that was him dying on the cross of Calvary, shedding his blood for his people. What a Savior that we worship. Go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded. What did that gift that Moses commanded represent? Oh, it's a type of the blood of Jesus Christ. The gift that God gave Adam and Eve after they sinned against him and realized they were naked. It was coats of skins. That was a gift from God to them. And it covered their sins in his sight. Why? Because they represented Jesus Christ, the one who reached out and touched this leper, the one that reached out and touched your heart and changed your heart and gave you a love and affinity for him. Oh, won't you seek him today? 
If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and you hear this message, it is your duty, it is your responsibility as a human being to seek Him and to recognize that He is your God. And there is only one. And He loves you and He gave His life for you. Oh, won't you realize He is the only way to eternal life. He is a wonderful Savior.